Welcome to the Heal Thyself Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Woosley. If we connected here, it is by no accident. It means you are ready to learn how to heal thyself, practice radical self-care, and give your medicine back to the world. So let's dive right in. On today's show, I have a very special guest. We're sitting down and chatting with my dear friend and business partner, Kelly Joe Monahan. Now, I'm just going to tell you, Kelly Jo is a bundle of energy all of the dang time. She has a passion for the plant and she has a heart of gold to go with it. She's a mama to five who turned her sexual and religious trauma into being an entrepreneur, cannabis advocate, and natal chart reader. Because we got some astrology stuff going on here. We got some religion to spirituality transition. We got a whole lot of stuff going on yeah. with Kelly. So I want to welcome Kelly to the podcast. And I'm so grateful to have you here today. So Kelly, start out by just telling us a little bit about like who you are right now in the present. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me on. It is, I'm so excited to offer this. Uh, I recently just kind of got into my own. I hate the word niche, so I don't really want to use that word, but my own groove of things. And just like you said, just allowing people to have the ability to know that we are the ones who heal ourselves. No one's coming to save us. Nothing is going to fall from the sky. And um, really taking control of your life is a hard thing, but a beautiful thing. I am, we're business partners. And 2020 was when I really started my network marketing career. And I had no idea, no idea the doors that I was going to just like blow through like doors that I didn't even like think existed for me. And it's been going on almost two years now. And my spiritual growth journey is just honestly, probably like a 180 really from what people would know me as or see me as from prior. I'm a mom of five. I forgot to mention that. I live in Northern Illinois. Our temperature today was actually, the temperature was seven degrees, but the real feel was negative 11. Right now it still is. So there's, there's that. And, um, yeah, I'm married. That's, that's me now. Cannabis act. Yeah. Awesome. So like Kelly, uh, Joe said, she is in the network marketing space. She's done all this. She's a huge cannabis advocate. We kind of got on that same, same bandwagon, as you could say, I guess, <laughs> um, like several years ago together. And so when I met Kelly, Joe, we met at an event and, uh, you know, she was really, really new to this space. She was really new to entrepreneurship, really new to um, any type of sales, marketing, any of that. She was all new to it. And it was so fun to watch her. But she, the one thing that, uh, besides her personality, like if you meet her in person, like she's just got this magnetic personality, bubbly personality. But the one thing when she started talking and sharing a little about about her past, that was what really intrigued me because we have a very common past um, on some things, um, different experiences in those common past. But I want you to share a little bit about your story growing up, kind of what sent you onto this healing journey, this entrepreneurial journey, but kind of some of the adverse events that you had that led up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's throw it all the way back. So right now I am 28 years old to put it in a grand scheme of things. And uh, as Rachel mentioned, like I really, I do have a dynamic happy, bubbly personality. I've been told that my whole life. And I've always known that 
people were like, I was a people person. I was really great at communicating. I was, everyone told me my whole life, you have such a way with words. And it was just not really like, I just was never felt my age. I never felt connected to people my age. I never felt like I knew what the heck I wanted to do or what I was going to do. I grew up in a, in Rockford, Illinois with my grandparents. So I lived with my grandparents, my brother, my mom, and my aunt. We all lived in the same house my whole life. We were, they are, we are Pentecostal Christian religion. So that is all I ever knew. And if you are not familiar with, um, Pentecostal Baptist Southern religion, um, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy (laughs) and not in a bad way, but, um, it was just all I ever knew. I was raised in a beautiful home. I mean, I cannot explain the love and attention. And my mom just adored me and I had anything I ever wanted. I was spoiled rotten. My brother was 10 years older than me. So it was essentially kind of like I was my only, I was an only kid. Um, we lived in the country. It was just life was so simple. It was just, you went to church on Sundays and Sunday nights and Wednesdays. And then I ended up actually going to church school at the same church starting in first grade. So first, second, and third grade. So it was just, um, overwhelming, but I didn't realize it then, you know? Um, so it wasn't until about 13 years old, 12, 13 years old, me and I started doing, um, youth groups. Now me as a mom now, we could probably talk about this a little bit later, but the one thing that I just want to be advocated for, like if something doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. If you as a parent, if you as a child, adolescent, human being, if something is testing your energy and your spirit to not do something, freaking listen, freaking listen. And I don't know if would have been changed now, but we started going to youth group. And that's when me and a lot of other people started being abused by the pastor of our church, other youth leaders. um, And some of them weren't even over 18. There was a few of them that were just young kids that also had grew up in this same repetitive abuse cycle. And um, to be totally honest, it doesn't really seem wrong when it's happening. And that is something that really I've had to take years, years, years to truly allow myself to understand that one, I knew no better. I was a child Mm -hmm. and two, just because I didn't like do it, like I could have reached out for help. There's many times in high school, I'll talk about a little bit more where there was a time where my bus driver, I don't know how, but my bus driver, like got a feeling or got a vibe and called the school and the police came and they called me out of algebra class. It was seventh hour and questioned me about being abused. At this point I was living full time with my abuser, but there was just so many opportunities that I could have reached out for help. I could have explained, I could have told the truth, but it didn't, I didn't want to, it didn't seem like it was that bad, you know? So back a little bit more, uh, me and my mom finally moved out when I was 13. So shortly after I started getting all of this abuse and it was actually the pastor of our church that helped my mom move out. So now that I'm grown and I, um, 
just look back and reflect, I can really see that my mom was also so weak and manipulated and abused, even if it wasn't sexually by this person, by feeling like it was the person of power and the person you're supposed to trust and all of those things. And he moved us out of my grandparents' house very close to him. And it was like him doing that kind of gave my mom this like trust in him. And like, then I kind of started staying with him overnight. And then 15 ish. So about two years after we moved out, she got cancer. And that was like, whoa, what the heck is going on? So we had to move back into my grandparents because she needed full-time care. I mean, she was sick for about a year, undiagnosed. Finally, we got a referral up to the University of Madison. And I, it was maybe four or five minutes that they were doing this, like a test, like opening her up or doing a diagnostic. And he came back to us like, she's got stage four cancer. And at that point told us to essentially just kind of like take her home, let her do her thing. She was 44 years old at this point. This was on October 26th of 2009. Me and my family was just like, but God, you know, and, and I do believe that faith is a huge part of Mm -hmm. life and it really is, but, um, even just in that scenario of her being so sick and the evidence being so obvious and we forced, I mean, we didn't force her, but she put herself through chemo for six months, withered away to nothing. When she passed, I think she was 89 pounds. And that was something. So again, we're going to church still. We're praying still. The Lord is going to heal her still. If you're a good person and you do all these things, right. You know, And it was just also while getting abused, also while being a teenager. And the day she died, it was like, I can vividly remember like that beautiful bubble, just like shit, it popped. And then I went crazy. Like most 16 year olds do. I got wrapped up in a lot of drugs. I had so much money. Uh, My grandparents were my beneficiaries. When my mom passed, I got $16,000. And then I got roughly like $1,200 a month. And I literally just had free access to that money. I don't have a dime for it. I don't have anything to speak for it. And, um, it was just a whirlwind. And then I got pregnant at 19 that sat me down. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> at that point, my grandpa, our grandparents still very Southern, very Pentecostal, still doing all of this religion. Me not going to church at this point, not actively speaking. I moved out of the, my pastor abuser's home when I was 18. On my 18th birthday, it was like, I think it was like midnight 30. My shit was packed and I was gone and I never went back. And that's when the abuse stopped. So the abuse was like for five-ish years. And then I never went back to the church after that. And I mean, honestly, I still think that some of my family... I don't even know if they really know. It's not something that I've openly, like, I don't sit down at Thanksgiving dinner and talk about it. You know, it's a very, it's a tough subject, especially when it comes from somebody who people just do not expect it to come from. But that's sexual abuse. Um, Sexual abuse is not happening from people who look like creepers and weird vans. It's happening by doctors and teachers and nurses and pastors and people who are putting themselves in a position to be left alone with your children because they are trusted, because they have power to do so. And that is something that 
it needs to be recognized. It needs to be realized. And, um, we need to start standing up for it. We like indoctrination. And I did experience that where you did things and they didn't feel right, but you were told they were right, but they didn't feel right. And you knew they were kind of wrong, but they were still right. And you were questioning whether you were wrong or the person telling you, you know, you have that whole like, but it's so scripted in your mind that you're struggling with whether I, and I believe this is my personal experience. Okay, so if they said it, is it really my words or is it their words? Or am I supposed to convert it to my words? Am I supposed to believe that, say that, do that? Or is it theirs? Like who owns the words? And right. I had to realize, because I'm way farther down the road than Kelly Joe is by age, that a lot of that shit was not mine. None of it was mine. And it was all to somebody else's making. And oftentimes for me, it wasn't like a physical abuse. It was just the scripting that became very, very restricting and very, very confining. And in an essence was a very adverse reaction or re-experience for me because it totally shut down who I was as a person and my intuition and my spiritual gifts, yeah, which that's a whole totally. other podcast because most of those religions <laughs> would thought you had gone crazy oh, um, Lord, or, yeah. you know, and I was a preacher's kid. So that just put a whole nother spin on it. So we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode, but <laughs> bring so me back. I, I totally. And I will, because this is a deep subject. Like we got to keep talking about these things. Yeah. But one of the things that in your story, you know, you lost your mom, you were living with grandparents, your religious leaders were also your abusers. And then you came to this point in time where you had your kid, you got out of the house. And so tell us like, what kind of was the transitionary thing that took you to this healing journey? Because, you know, you're a few years out of it now, but you're still on that journey. So kind of what was some catalyst that really like sent you wait a second, I got to do something different. So, um, even still after having my daughter Riley at 19, I wasn't ready. Wasn't there. And like you said about having gratitude for everything, if you would have told me at 19, at 20, hell, even at 25, three years ago, that you will have gratitude for that abuse. You will have gratitude for that loss. I'd have punched you in the face. That just was not possible. And it was like, how dare you say that to me? Like, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And I've heard my whole life. I mean, everyone is, you're so strong. You're so strong. And then it's just get to a point where you're like, yeah, but then what? But then what? Like, sometimes I'm just tired of being strong. So then I found myself working, you know, odd and end jobs. I worked as a merry maid. Um, I ended up working at a nursing home in case management, just doing all of these things that just like, I knew it wasn't going to pay my bills forever. I knew that I was so freaking smart. I was wasting my brain. I was wasting my talent. I was wasting my voice. I was wasting my communication. And, but it just seemed so impossible. Like, what was I going to do? Go to school. I couldn't afford school. I didn't have a babysitter. And so then me and miles, that's Riley's dad. We split up and Riley's about two years old and life happens. Life happens. Life happens. I get with my current, my husband now, and then I have another baby. So Halloway is two and a half and she is really what just like I work, I was working full-time at the hospital. I was lead receptionist, medical care. 
I mean, I was doing good work. Like I, I don't want people to think that like I discredit work because it's hard work and leaving your family and leaving your children and going and having to chase a paycheck. That's literally never enough is the most exhausting freaking thing that we do as humans. I don't care. Like I, it just is. And it's so unfulfilling. So then I get pregnant. I have to leave the job. I have Halloway. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. And then coronavirus happened. Hmm. And not just the baby, but all of the other four kids were now home too. Hmm. And that was really like, I could like my energy, my foundation. It was just like, it was shaking. Like something had to freaking give, or I was going to lose my mind. I was not going to be able to take care of these kids, to take care of myself, to teach these kids, to be a teacher, to be a mom, to be a like, it was very overwhelming. Any parent knows during COVID how that felt. So then I reached out to Amy for CBD. And when I started the CBD journey, I got into the network marketing and y'all, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but like network marketing is literally self-growth with a paycheck. It is, it is. And nobody ever one time in my whole life ever gave me this opportunity. Nobody, nobody offered for my personality. Nobody offered for my wit. Nobody offered for my story. Nobody offered this alternative. And it was like, when I started, it was like, I went, I was all in, all in. I did not care. I know a lot of people have like a lot of stigma regarding network marketing. And then also the plant, which is what we kind of advocate for. And that's when I fully took on the responsibility, I guess, of just being the beacon of hope of wellness of change. And then it was just like a snowball effect of just learning the things like the law of attraction and the subconscious programming and really um, identifying what's mine, what's not mine and throwing away what I didn't want. And it sounds simple, but it's the hardest thing somebody can ever do. Really, I still have a lot of family that um, when we went to Vegas in May, tell that we were staying at was the Aria in Vegas. If anyone's been there, you know, it's a gorgeous, 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 gorgeous hotel. And it's Asian themed and it has hot air balloons and flowers and Buddha. And it is, it is a place of peace. And the sign next to Buddha says like, Anybody from any race, religion, color, age, culture can come right here to this spot at any time of day and feel loved. I've never seen a sign like that in my Christian church ever, ever. And I posted a picture of that online and my family messaged me and uh, wanted to know if I was participating in um, worshiping um, the devil or unlike gods. And if I'm being brainwashed and what I'm doing for my kids. And that was a slap in the freaking face because I've never been freaking happier. I've never been more thankful. I had spirit universe. I've never been more successful. I've never been more happy. I've never thrived more in my life. And there's still people out there questioning that it might not be for a real, true, good reason. And um, to just release those thoughts again, because it's just not part of everyone's journey. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm going to deviate from our questions because I did see, yeah. I did send Kelly Joe some questions, but you brought up some really uh, important pieces, I think, because there are um, some of our listeners may be like us where we grew up very in religious households. And yeah. there is this stigma, even in business, that it's greedy, you're not humble enough, especially as women. So I'm going to just throw that out there. Men, if you're listening, sorry, this is may not be relevant to you, but for women, a lot of times we're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to, you know, just take care of our families. And if you're seeing the picture of me, I'm like air quoting, because I can't even, I can't even say those words anymore. Like that's how terrible they are in my vocabulary. I can't say them anymore. So like through my working in re, uh, learning a new language in this space, like there's some words I can't even say anymore. But how did you, um, because you are a young mom and you are your young adult, like you're, you're way younger than I am, but like, how are you each day? Like every day, what are some like practical things that you're doing every day so that when you face those adversities, when somebody's questioning Buddha, come on y'all, um, that, I'm like, whatever. I know I've been called every name in the book by now. So I'm, I don't even care. I'm like, you want to call me a witch? Go for it. I'm, I'll be but, glad to do that. God's no, no. perfectly okay with that. <laughs> you're the ones that burned me at the stake. No, that's only number so But oh, what no. are some things that you're practically doing every day to keep that foundation? Because I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they make the choice to go into this personal development space or into entrepreneurship, because if you're in network marketing, you, you can't do it without personal development or it just doesn't work. Sorry. I'm not seeing it work any other way, but um, how are you every day doing it though? Like just in the day-to-day grind of being a mom and being an yeah. entrepreneur and all that, what are you doing? Um, so number one, waking up every day with gratitude. Every single day I start my day off with gratitude. And now even my two-year-old, two and a half year old, she's thankful for cereal and milk. And we have a whole morning spiel of things that we're happy for. And then I surround myself with like-minded people. I had to spend so much time going through Facebook, going through my socials and taking people off of them that disrupted my spirit. Um, there's a saying that like, some people won't ever like you because like you irritate or something about their demons irritating you. But like, I feel like my soul cannot stand people because I can see their demons. Mm -hmm. And I had to take that out of my life. And it was, it was my cousins. It was my uncles. It was my aunts. It was my family that I still pray for every day. I still have gratitude for every day. I, they're still welcome in my house every day, but won't come into my house because I have a chakra energy flag energy. It's energy. And when I want to explain to them, it used to make me so upset, but just being so grounded in like knowing you don't have to know it all, but you have to know that, you know, what you know, and you're so excited to learn more. And that happens every day. I mean, business, ideas, emotions, faith, growth. If you're trying to change or you're trying to level up and there's somebody in your life taking advantage of you on the level you are at, they don't want you to level up. 
They don't want you to do that. They don't want us as women to become empowered. They don't want us as humans to become empowered. Can you imagine if all of us just had this like untouchable faith and gratitude and happiness for life and for each other? It would be life-changing. It would be world-changing. Absolutely. I love that. I love that because it does. It all starts with gratitude. And um, one thing I just want to point out to our listeners again that I hope you've heard that the healing journey is not an easy one. We're never mm-hmm. going to say that it's easy, but once that b- you're able to take and harness that pain and anger and hurt and all of those emotions that you once had towards people and you view them in a in the, the terms of gratitude, and I view them as part of the collective as we're all created in the image of God. So they're their own creation and they're part of me. So, and they're part of God. So why would I dish on them? So like, that's a concept that's really hard for people to understand. But when you can change that, you can convert that. That's such a freeing and healing part of the process. And so many people, once they get to that point, you can't go back. No, you you can't. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to the brokenhearted, broken-minded, depressed, lonely, lost person that I was like, just listen to that. Like, why would I ever want to go back there? And it is like, when you really understand that, like gratitude is the, like the, the superpower that truly unlocks the next level. And I know that it sounds so crazy for people who are in their seasons of life that seem so heavy, but it's just a season. It's just a season. Seasons come and seasons go, and it's on us to find the growth in all of them. And if you're sticking in a season that sucked, why, why, like, why, what are you expecting? Like, it's just, <laughs> it seems very obvious to people like us. Like it's like a light switch difference, but we come at it in a place of love and wanting to just help people understand that it's not easy. I can't tell you how many times I've sat out in my cold little girl office out here and cried, mm-hmm. cried, wept, like, holy crap. Like there's the release of feelings and allowing myself to feel them, acknowledging and knowing you have feelings and actually feeling them are two very different things. Absolutely. So one of the things that I find very unique about you is that you, in the, in the couple of years that I've known you, you've like really like stepped out of the box on some things. Like you've really like taken your healing journey as well as your entrepreneurial spirit and you've melded them into, you know, being a cannabis advocate, um, being um, a voice as our team calls it a voice for the plant. But one of the things that you've done is you've kind of gone into some interesting little gifts that you've got. And so I want you to talk about some of the things that I call it your medicine, because to me, yeah. that's what it is. We're bringing medicine to the world. We bring medicine through the plant. Um, and if you want to know more about that, just connect with one of us and we'll, t- we'll gladly tell you about it. But yes. <laughs> you have some other unique medicines that you're bringing to the world. So I want you to talk to our audience about now that you've gone through these adverse events in your life, you've taken and you've cultivated this heart of gratitude and this place of healing and the healing doesn't ever really stop. You just keep getting better at it. So what are the things that you're now doing to help other people and bring your medicine to the world? Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me share. So, um, the one thing that really got me started is human design. 
It is, I'm not very versed in human design. It's not what I'm here to talk about, but that is what really kickstarted my understanding of my true inner soul. Um, we can tag the girl that did mine and you guys can go to her Facebook and see her, but, um, the human design is essentially your astrology, your natal birth chart, just broken down a little bit more. And she was asking me things on this call. I've never met this girl before in my life. And she was asking me like, are you very, have you been told you're emotional in your life? Or have you been told that you're really good with words or, and it was just like, yeah, like, yeah, I cry all the time. And she was like, she was able to tell me that the way that my makeup from the stars, like we learn that we are made up of stardust. We are all individually created with the most magical, magnificent things that like any of us could ever get our hands on. But then we start living our life and we start feeling so bad for ourselves. And we start putting ourselves down. And she said, you have to stop thinking about your emotions as a negative. And you need to realize that's your superpower. Wow. Yeah. And she said, I see when I'm looking at you, she said, you have a, it's like a sword from your mouth, your throat into your heart. And she said, Mm -hmm. it is meant to pierce this world wide open. Awesome. And that was like, all right, let's do it. Let's dive in. So then I really got into learning about my astrology. I'm a Gemini. Um, Gemini's get a lot of bad raps. They don't have to talk about it. I, I think we're the best sign, but it's okay. We are very, we are, we're the sign of the twins. I have two personalities inside of me. I really do. I am one or the other. And my whole life, that was such a constant battle for me. Like, I can't tell you how many times I was called two-faced. Mm-hmm. Or how many times I was called gossipy or like, and it's people were perceiving my gifts. I was putting out my gifts in a negative way because I didn't understand mm-hmm. what they were. And if I truly feel that if I would have been able to understand even just a little bit growing up about astrology, I would have loved myself so much more from such a young age. So that is what I started doing. I looked into my birth chart. There's a free website that I found and I put in my information. I put in my husband's, I put in all of the kids and it just like kickstarted these like, aha, oh my gosh. Like that's why Riley is like that. That's Mm -hmm. why you do that. This is what I can do to help this. And it was just like, wow. Everyone needs to know this, but then that self-sabotage started coming in and that I can't do that. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I am just learning from podcasts. I mean, I just search on podcast astrology. That's how I started. And I just found the few people that I like, and I get an alert every time they drop a new one. And when they come on and they say things like Mercury retrograde, and I have no idea what that means. So now I'm taking it to an astrology 101 and I'm explaining it to people like me, like you, like us who have no idea what the heck it all means, but really want to. (laughs) And I'm offering um, birth charts. I'm doing birth chart readings. I do have a YouTube that I have some like clips broken down from specific readings, but I do. um, I've just been able to offer so many people already this gift of this service and seeing their gratitude and their, Oh my gosh, or how did you know that? Or you're so amazing. Like 
man, I've never been more lit up in my whole life. I've never been more lit up. And I truly believe that I would have never, I would have never gotten here if it wasn't for the CBD really coming in and balancing my mind and my body and my soul. And then for the self-growth that I chose to do, even though it was hard and like, it's just all such a growth process. But now that I'm here, I'm like, yes, yes, this, this is it. This is it. Oh, that's so awesome. I, uh, when I heard she was doing that about a month ago or so in a meeting we had, I was like, dang, I was like, I knew I had to get her on here because um, I do a mastermind with light leaders. And so we talk about gene keys and human design and all this stuff all the time. Astrology is not my gift set. I'm trying to learn it, but gosh, it's so complex and it's just not my gift. It's not my (laughs) gift. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like, cool with that. So that's why I wanted to bring you on here. Because I think it's very interesting because sometimes we do get caught up in um, like learning about our Myers-Briggs and things like that we took through college or high school and the reflections of our personality and um, how and how and what and why and who we are. Right. But what I think is really interesting as I've delved into like Gene Keys and human design is it talks a lot about our shadow self. So that kind of that alter ego of us that second personality that we all have. I'm a mm-hmm. cancer. So I have one that's, woof, it's really <laughs> polar opposite. So when you get one or the other, you're like, whoa, what just happened? It's like a yeah. yin and yang big time. And so um, you, you really get to see like kind of the inner workings of your soul more so than your personality, because you're seeing the shadow, but you're also able to see the light. And you're also able to see the like people that you need to surround yourself with because all of us have these different personalities. And, you know, growing up in a religious household, I had to be good at everything. Like, that's what I was told. You had to be good at everything. You had to be the best at everything. And it wasn't really that you had to be the best. It's like, you had to be perfect at it, especially as a girl. You had to be perfect. And if there were things that you didn't want to do, you just said you didn't want to do those. And you had to like fight everybody to not do those things. But when it came into like the spiritual space, I was like, I don't have to know astrology. I can just go find somebody to tell me my astrology. And when I'm all out of whack, why I'm out of whack, or I can keep a journal and I know my emotions. And so that's what I find is really interesting about astrology is, and reading these, uh, I call them soul inspired writings from like the gene keys and human design and things like that. It really likes allows you to connect the mind and the heart together. And I never got that when I was, you know, doing all of the personality things that you can do in life. Grace, let me just say that because when you are doing tests intellectually through the school system or things that were sub programmed to already know, it's not taking in trauma. It's not taking in anything. And then you get these results and it makes you feel like, so less than like, I can still remember the day I got my ACT score and being like, oh shit, that's not good enough. But knowing like, how is that possible? Like, I'm so smart. I just didn't do that good. And like for my kids, like to know that there is things we all need to change. There's things we all need to work on. Like you said, cancer, I've done, I've learned a lot about cancers through this. And like cancer is just the mama protector. Like you are all about security, stability, protection, your space, your people. You're born to protect your people, not yourself. You you're fine. 
you have to protect your people. And when you find like, and when somebody tells you that it's like, Oh, how beautiful, how beautiful is that to know that I am just as bright and special and beautiful and unique as these like stars that I believe are God made mm-hmm. and um, to just really give them. And I'm, you know, some people might think it's crazy. I got crystals. Some people ask me like, you really think that rock does something? I mean, maybe yes. it doesn't, but it really makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that's all it's doing at the end of the day, it's giving me some, again, grace, self-love, understanding, hope, Mm-hmm. encouragement to keep going, then hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. So we're, we're about to wrap up here, but I want to get to some practical things. So let's go back to the very beginning of the interview. Let's say that there is a listener who is experiencing whether it's in the church or not, but they're experiencing some type of abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, whatever it is. What things would you, especially as a teenager, we're going to draw and talk directly to teens right now. What would you tell a teen if they're experiencing this, like maybe one or two things that they need to do to help themselves? Um, so one, just truly understand that it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And people will have a reaction of, oh Lord, oh my gosh, oh this, oh that, anything, but it's not toward you. And I'm to just know that materialistic things do not last. I was in the situation that I was in, I was poured. I had everything I could be so spoiled. She's so spoiled. She's got all the Amber Crombie and Fitch jeans. And I had coach purses and it was all a mask to make me think, you know, that that's what I wanted. And all of those things are not worth you being happy and being safe. Talk about it, get help. So if you're a parent watching this, what, mm-hmm. if you're, what things should you look for? Maybe, you know, cause you've kind of had both sides of that where your mom, um, experienced that. Um, so what are some things as a mom now, would you say for parents to pay attention to if they're suspecting that this might be going on with their children? Sure. Um, go through their phone, go through their phone. I know that that's not something that, um, is really advocated for nowadays. It's all about privacy and respect. But um, if you truly feel like that is happening, I, tr- I very much encourage you to go through their phones and their pictures and their text messages to the people that you might be questioning because it's probably right there in front of your face. I had a journal that I wrote in every night and sometimes went back and forth. I would give it back and forth to him and he would write back in it. And it was in my room. If you feel like something is not right, do something to freaking about it because even you might be wrong, but thank God you freaking did something. It's better to be wrong than to be wrong. And yeah. And especially in religion, I think that that's one thing is everyone's so afraid of being judged. Everyone's so afraid of being that family or that person. And you know what? Tell them all to give a damn because mm-hmm. this is about you. This is about your children. This is about your legacy. This is about the generations ahead of you. And um, you have to stop giving people who truly don't care 
about you such say in your life. Take care of your, take care of yourself, take care of your kids, do what you need to do. Absolutely. So before we go, I want to give you a chance if there's anything that you want to tell our audience that you just feel, you know, called to tell them um, about anything we've talked about, um, yeah. just say it. Just give it to um, you are worthy. I don't know why that's very much in my head right now. You are worthy. I know that's something that um, I still have to tell myself every day. I am worthy. I am worthy of being rich. I'm not evil. I am not bad. I am worthy. I deserve my desires. You deserve your desires. Um, affirmations can truly change your whole life. Write it on your mirror. Put it on your lock screen. Put post-it notes on the gallon of milk for your family to see. It really starts with just a mustard seed of faith, of self-love, um, of hope. It's not it's not over until you're dead. And if you're listening to this, you ain't dead. So do something about it. So tell our listeners how they can connect with you um, to get, you know, a, a natal chart reading, or if they want to listen to your YouTube channel, like how can they connect with you? Yeah. So I'll just say, go to my YouTube. My YouTube name is sunshine, Joe, 420 sunshine joe 420 so when you go to that youtube you will see all of the different birth chart readings and then i also have a link tree that's there um it's i don't even know that i don't even know if that's a thing that you can like give out uh, so go to the youtube sunshine joe 420 you'll find the link tree and then it's a natal birth chart in Korea, and then we'll get get you going awesome so listeners if you check our link in the bio i will have information regarding kelly joe's uh, YouTube channel and her link tree, as well as if you're listening to this on, um, on YouTube, I'll link her up that way too. <laughs> so um, this will eventually be out on there. Uh, so if you have any questions, make sure that you connect with her. If you are dealing with any of these issues that are religiously related, um, please reach out to me because um, I do try to help women through mentorship who have dealt with maybe not necessarily abuse, but maybe programming, those types of things that have had adverse religious um, situations um, and are wanting to create new identities, wanting to just kind of heal from that and grow gratitude out of that. So if you're interested in that, make sure you reach out to me because I would definitely love to just sit and talk with you and see if we can align with that and get you started on this process of healing thyself. So thank you listeners. We truly appreciate you and are so grateful for you today. And thank you, Kelly Joe, for hopping on here with me. So today we're gonna say goodbye. We love you all and we'll see you the next time.